in the days when many of us wore a younger man's clothes. <laughs> we love our, our veterans, men and women who have served valiantly in our country, and we, this Veterans Day, just honor you. That's part of our thanksgiving theme for the month of November is thanking God for different aspects of our lives and our, our society. You veterans, thank you. Thank you so much for what you've done. For this time together, the attitude of gratitude is going to lay the foundation for a lot of things that we'll be saying and doing this month. Because I'm one of those that believe that the greatest day of the year basically is Thanksgiving as far as it's just it's not as commercial it basically it's a speed bump on the way to Christmas you know nobody hardly acknowledges it and yet it's the time that we as a family has just has historically gotten together uh, to reflect and to welcome and we used to have we usually have a huge crowd uh, not only at our our uh, family home, but also here at the church. And so those of you that are considering if you would like to join us for lunch that day on Thanksgiving Day, we'd love to have you. Make sure you sign up. And for, um, for all of us, I pray that I will help us all usher in this attitude of gratitude, this thanks-living posture that we need to assume in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So, that having been said, if you will look with me in the 17th chapter of Luke, verses 11 through 19. Familiar passage to some of us. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. And called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. It was on a stormy night. The year was 1860. A side-wheel steamboat by the name of the Lady Elgin collided with a lumber schooner, broke up, and sank in Lake Michigan, a mile offshore from the village of Wynetha, Illinois. Of the 393 people aboard, 279 drowned. Among the heroes that evening was a college student by the name of Edward Spencer. A strong swimmer, he plunged in and saved 17 people, one after another. After the 17th trip, he became delirious from the strain and was confined to a wheelchair the rest of his life. 
On one of his birthdays years later, someone asked him about the most vivid memory of that heroic day. His reply was that not one of the 17 people returned to thank him. Gratitude. We all ought to have it. We all ought to express it. But somehow in this human nature of ours, we have a difficult time really not only expressing it, but being sincere about the expression of gratitude when it's due. There are four things I want to leave with you today about this story. The first thing is the isolation that they had. The Bible tells us that they stood at a distance, these lepers. Leprosy was a terrible disease in those days. It was not met kindly by religious or civilian authorities. Josephus, the ancient historian, said that lepers are treated like dead men. And Jesus healed a leper. The fifth chapter of Luke will tell you about Jesus' healing of a leper. And he actually touched the leper, which was something that was forbidden in that day and age. They felt that leprosy was highly contagious in those days. They felt also religiously that it was a mark of a sin that was unconfessed and being dealt with harshly by God. So, being contagious, they were excommunicated from their families. They were not welcome in their homes. They were not welcomed in their villages. And religiously, because they believed that it was a mark of sin, it was something where they were excommunicated from any religious gathering whatsoever. So they were at a distance. A leper used to have to come in when he came around people. He would have to cry out, Unclean! Unclean! So that they would avoid any contact with him whatsoever. Uh, when a leper died, his clothes were burned. and It was just not a pretty picture. Well, sin always causes isolation. It causes isolation from God. It causes isolation from others. But we also know that sometimes circumstances or situations cause isolation. I've been around people who have certain type of addictions, for example, be it addiction to drugs. Sometimes it's pain medication. Sometimes it's alcoholic beverages. Sometimes it's pornography or something of that nature. But these addictions create a separation that makes them estranged not only from people, but they feel from God. Because deep inside they're feeling if God really knew who I was and what I was struggling with, He wouldn't have anything to do with me either. When in reality the opposite is true. Well, there's that isolation. They stood at a distance. Some of you are listening to this message perhaps and maybe for some reason you have felt isolated. For the last 18 months, there have been those among us that have felt isolated because of this virus that is sweeping the globe. And this virus that's sweeping the globe has caused some people not to have contact with any other human outside their home. Well, whatever the isolation is, you feel like you're also estranged perhaps from God. Well, I want you to know there's hope today. Number two is salvation. 
I want you to see that as Jesus was going into a village, these lepers met him and stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master. The only other time that word for master, that word master is used in the New Testament is when Peter cried out to Jesus. That word in the Greek literally means chief commander. Commander in chief. Master. In other words, they recognized that Jesus was the one that had control and authority over this particular disease, over life itself. So they acknowledged him in that way. They knew that he was responsible for wholeness or for cleansing. And I want you to see that, that the Bible says that as they were going, as they were going, the Bible says that Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. As they went, underline that, they were cleansed. Not when they got to see the priest, but as they went. The beauty about faith is that we can talk about it until we're blue in the face. We can discuss it. We can dialogue about it. We can, may, we can have great Bible studies about faith. But until we actually act on it, it's absolutely irrelevant to us. It wasn't operative to them until they actually stepped out in faith and went in obedience to what Jesus had asked them to do. You know, there's a lot of people that are separated who are isolated from people and from the Lord. And in reality, all they need to do is to be faithful to whatever it is that Jesus has called them to do. But I want you to see what happened to this Samaritan. As he comes back, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back. You know, healing is wonderful. But let me tell you something, folks. Salvation is everything. Amen. There's a gal that uh, a few years ago wrote a song, and I love her chorus, and I do believe it. Natalie Grant wrote the song more than anything. In the chorus of that song, she says, Help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the Savior more than the saving. Help me want the giver more than the giving. Oh, help me want you, Jesus, more than anything. Is that you today? I mean... Healing is a wonderful thing. But some people, like these nine lepers, are satisfied simply with the healing. There are some who have been given the gift of, of salvation, and they're more interested in the gift than they are in the Savior. We, we enjoy gifts. We love them. We enjoy being healed. We, we enjoy the things that we receive in this life without acknowledging the one who's ultimately responsible for all, all of it. Wow. Help me want the healer more than the healing. There was one of those ten that took that to heart. He noticed that he was healed. And what a great experience that was because this healing was a major deal. Healing. Well, he came back. The Bible says he returned. 
as he came back praising God in a loud voice. So there was jubilation as well. The Samaritan came back. Some have speculated, well, maybe his leprosy was worse than the other nine. If you've ever been around a leper collie, if you've ever seen at least photos, leprosy in, in certain forms can really be devastating. It can go to your extremities. It, can, it, it may cost you facial features, ears, nose, etc. It may cost you your fingers, your toes, even your hands and your feet. It can be a deteriorating situation. But maybe his was worse. We saw the parable of Jesus when he, he talked about the creditor whose debtors owed 500 denarii or 500 days wages as opposed to those uh, debtors that only owed 50 denarii. Jesus asked the question, who, when the debt was forgiven, would be more grateful? The response was obviously those that owed more. 500 denarii as opposed to 50, I would assume those that had a greater debt. Think about that. We all are debtors. We all owe a great debt to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe it was a woman with perfume who was so grateful over Jesus in her life that she took her perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. I don't know, this jubilation. The Bible says that when he came back, he praised God in a loud voice. Would you not? With a loud voice. No whispers. You've been dealing with that. You haven't seen your family in a long time. They want nothing to do with you. You haven't seen your wife. You haven't seen your children. You haven't seen your best friends, unless they're part of the lepers. You haven't seen anybody. You haven't been able to worship with other people. You haven't been able to engage yourself in Bible study with other people. You haven't done the things, your hobbies, your crafts that you love. You've been isolated. And all of a sudden, in a step of faith, you walk out as God has directed and your body is healed. Oh, I don't think there's a whisper to that response. No, there's a shout. Shout to the Lord, all ye host. And that's what he did. Oh, praising God all the way back and falls at the feet of Jesus. And all of a sudden, the leper becomes the priest who presents himself to Jesus. Wow. It's a powerful image. Well, where are the other nine? This attitude of gratitude. Paul talked to the church at Rome about the fact that, that those who did not have this attitude of gratitude were really the ones that were in opposition to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Listen to what Romans 1.21 says. This defiance of God against God is defined by Paul as for although they knew God they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him so this defiance is defined as any person any society anything that would not acknowledge and recognize God as creator or give thanks to him for all that he's done they go about their daily routine without even uh, being cognizant of God's presence in the universe, much less in their life. Wow. Defiance. Thomas Kelly put it this way. We pray for big things 
and forget to give thanks for the ordinary, small, and yet not really small gifts. How can God entrust great things to one who will not thankfully receive from him the little things? Are you thankful? Do you have that spirit of, that attitude of gratitude about you in life? What is it in your life that reflects Jesus Christ? 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Psalms 92, 1 said, It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Ephesians 5, 20 says, Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I know some of you are saying, well, that's easy for you to say. That's easy for you to say because you've gotten a lot of good things. There's no question that I've been blessed in my life. But what about when times turn negative for you? What about those those physical ailments? What about those negative doctor's reports? What about those, those losses of family and friends? What about those business failures? What about financial hard times? What about all of that? I want to introduce you to somebody by the name of Martin Rinkert. He's become one of my heroes, especially of late. I think that whenever we have in excess of 15 deaths a year in this church family that's a lot for me that's a lot and I think about the stress and the emotional uh, involvement that, that pastors have on these particular ceremonies Martin Rinkert was a pastor and wrote a poem that he used every night around the dinner table and recited it and it was formed in 1636 in the midst of the famine, the pestilence, the destruction of the Thirty Years' War. For some time, he was the only pastor in the walled city of Eilenburg in Saxony. Many people of the city were casualties of the war or victims of hunger and illness. During the great pestilence of 1637... Rinkert ministered to the people of the city and conducted 4,500 burial services. You think COVID is tough? Sometimes as many as 40 or 50 a day. One of them was for his wife. A man of frail body but heroic character, Rinkert faithfully served the people of his congregation and the community of Eilenburg from 1617 until his death in 1649. Well, and you're saying, but what does that have to do with where we are in gratitude? You would think that he would be somewhat cynical, skeptical, bitter over the plight of his people. But listen to what he wrote during these dark days. Now thank we all our God is a hymn that is in most hymn books. The verse says, Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices, who wondrous things hath done, in whom his world rejoices. 
who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. All praise and thanks to God. The Father now be given, the Son and Him who reigns with them in highest heaven, the one eternal God whom earth and heaven adore. For thus it was, is now, and shall be forevermore. Amen. And so Martin Rinkert showed us how to be thankful in even dire circumstances. For the Bible says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, and always giving the thanks to God for the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. Wow. What's your intelligence about here? What is your attitude? Is it gratitude? Is your thanksgiving actually thanks living? Is it your lifestyle? Well, the final point that I want to make is that identification. You see, when the Lord touches our lives, we publicly identify with Jesus and His people. The Bible says that when He praised God in a loud voice, He threw Himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Him. And He was a Samaritan. Wow. His identification. He told the others, go show yourselves to the priest. Make sure that you do not deny the assembly of yourselves one with another, as some do, the Bible says. You see, when the Lord touches our lives, we publicly identify with Him and His people. Don't ever deny yourself the opportunity for your Bible study and your worship experience, uh, not only individually, but especially with one another. We get that spiritual energy from each other. And it's just, you know, I, I look forward to our times together, uh, on, not only on Sundays, but all during the week when we're able to uh, energize one another in the faith in Jesus Christ. Samaritans were not loved people. It's kind of an interesting thing. Samaritans were despised by the Jews because Samaritans were considered to be those people who had intermarried with these invading armies that would conquer their land, who were not Jewish, who were out of, coming out of pagan faiths. And so they considered these half-breeded people. These were mixed-blooded individuals. The Samaritans worshipped in Mount Gerizim. The Jews worshipped in Jerusalem. They wanted nothing to do with each other. There was a mutual disrespect alive. But illness, uh, these dire circumstances create some strange bedfellows. So here are the Samaritans and the Jews together because they're all they've got. They've got one another and that's all they have. And so here's this Samaritan. Jesus said, oh, and parenthetically, it just happened to be a Samaritan that came back and fell at my feet and thanked me. And what does he say? Were not there another night? Has no one returned to give praise to God? He fell at Jesus' feet, so Jesus is acknowledging that He is God. Except this foreigner. Then He said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Do you identify with Jesus? Do you identify with Him publicly? 
when you have truly been healed of your sin, of your, of your sorrow, of your sadness, of your circumstance and situation? Do you not give Jesus the praise and the glory for it all? Can you not shout with a loud voice that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Do you not identify with Jesus? He died publicly for us. The least we could do is to live publicly for Him. Amen. We just came back from World Missions Conference sponsored by the Timothy Initiative. And I'm telling you, when I see what people are experiencing in different countries, right now we were on Zoom with several of these pastors. I won't mention their names, won't tell you where they're from. I will tell you that because of religious persecution, because of civil war, because of military coups, they don't know if they will ever see another day in their life. But they had these smiles on their faces, knowing that they were doing the Lord's work. Not hesitant about praising Jesus for all that He was accomplishing in their lives. Do you know Jesus? Do you have that attitude of gratitude? Is it permeating your life? Or are you just allowing the enemy to turn you sour for the Lord's blessings?